from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Well, gee whiz, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, taxi cab, loft, your parents' basement, your RV, camper, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Welcome to all of you listening to the podcasts, TalkZone.com, those catching the live stream on YouTube through our Hangout on Air. So wherever and however you're listening I bid thee welcome and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, open lines, open lines for the entire hour, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let me give you the numbers right off the bat because those are always handy when you're doing a phone-in show, don't you know? Toll free from just about anywhere, 866-740-4740, 866-740-4740. There's so much going on, so much to talk about. Uh, so it's high time. And uh, our young Will Power on the other side of the glass will be sort of your concierge. He will take your call and uh, well, he'll get you on the air. So this is Will's first time behind the big audio board. So please be nice and say hello. Just a reminder, Sunday, September the 11th, 2016, fast approaching. Dr. Judy Wood, author of Where Did the Towers Go? Evidence of Directed Free Energy Technology on 9-11. She's coming to town. Strange Planet Productions and Conspiracy Culture presents an exclusive live event Sunday, September 11th. And that's at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium. Tickets are going on sale uh, early next week. In fact, on my website, if you go to the live events page tomorrow, probably towards the afternoon, strangeplanet.ca, go to the live events page, and there you'll see the event, Dr. Judy Woods, Where Did the Towers Go? Click on that. All the information is there. You can order tickets there as well. And also, Conspiracy Culture, if you go to their live events page, conspiracyculture.com, conspiracyculture.com, click on their events page, and it'll be up very soon as well. You can order tickets online, by phone, right in store, very easy. Dr. Judy Wood, Sunday, September the 11th. Hope to see you there. All right, so as I say, so much going on, uh, so much to talk about, and I felt it important to, to carve out an hour uh, for open lines and give you all a chance to call in and talk. And, of course, recently we, we had Peter Lavenda on talking about uh, Nazis, the Nazi uh, Internationale. I'm not sure if that was a phrase coined by Joseph Farrell or not. I don't know if he's TM'd Nazi International, but that's sort of the label that we use. The idea that the, the Third Reich, um, did not surrender. That's a fact. The German army surrendered. The vice chancellor, the, the Third Reich never surrendered. And, uh, it is speculated and with, with good reason that perhaps Hitler survived the Fuhrer bunker and was spirited out of Germany and the war plunder as well, uh, and then that uh, that that Nazi brain trust, if I can use that word, that term, uh, and that you know vast vast fortune uh, was sort of funneled into you know, corporations and uh, other entities to form this again this term used by Joseph Farrell the Nazi International and their influence continues to be exerted to this day 70 years after the end of the war sounds crazy i know but uh, uh uh peter uh peter was with us recently as i mentioned on the program peter lavenda and the author of unholy alliance and sinister forces 
uh, provides some pretty compelling evidence, as do others. I mentioned Joseph Farrell, Jeremy Corsi, of course, who wrote Hunt, the, the Hunting for Hitler, and uh, Jim Mars, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. So if you want to, if you heard that program and you want to talk about it, we can certainly do that during this hour. Uh, he also talked about the Nazi connection to terrorism, the terrorism that, that, that we're experiencing to this day. So we have that. We also have, of course, what remains the biggest topic, and that is the U.S. presidential election. Uh, Trump, the disruptor, versus Hillary, the insider. That's sort of how, you know, if this was a wrestling match, a cage match, that's how they would be introduced, right? In this corner, Donald J. Trump, the disruptor. And uh, in this corner, Hillary, the insider. Well, after the Democratic convention, Hillary got her her bounce, and uh, some polls had her up by about 10 points. Now, of course, not surprisingly, that has narrowed again. The latest Ipsos, uh, Ipsos uh, Reuters poll that I've seen, this is an I believe it's an online poll, has now shown that that lead has been narrowed. Hillary's lead now has been narrowed to about three points, which is in the margin of error, which means, again, we're back into a dead heat. I mean, they, and, it, and you can expect to see uh, these uh, these these poll numbers go back and forth and back and forth right down to the wire, right down to November the 9th, I'm guessing. So if you want to weigh in on, on that, Trump the disruptor versus Hillary the insider, um, we can talk about it. Now, I'm, you know, I've stopped short of endorsing anybody, and it doesn't matter if I did, because obviously I'm a, Can- a Canadian and I have no uh, skin in this game. Well, we all have a skin in this game. That's not entirely true. Living cheek by jowl with uh, the, uh, the number one economy on the planet. Obviously, we all have something at stake here. Uh, but let me just say this. I mean, love him or hate him, Trump is, as advertised, a total disruptor like no other in recent memory, perhaps in history, in terms of the United States. And he has a lot of establishment people. And I'm talking about the donors, big money donors, the political elites, the media elites. They are absolutely apoplectic. They are beside themselves, afraid if Trump gets in. He's not just going to change a few things. He's not going to nibble around the edges. He is going to turn the tables over. And that's what makes this race, to me, so thrilling, so fascinating. We have this brash, politically incorrect bull in a china shop versus, as I say, the ultimate insider. And what I find most exciting about him, quite frankly, is the fact that he is calling out the globalists. He's called out the ruling globalists. He's threatening to walk away, if necessary, from the World Trade Organization. He's thumbing his nose at the the war party. And when we say the war party, it's, it's not the Republicans versus the Democrats. The war party is the Republicans and the Democrats, this two-headed hydra. Because you'll notice throughout history, it doesn't matter who gets in, Democrat, Republican, U.S. foreign policy remains pretty much the same. And the M.O. is you roll into a country, you destroy that country, and then you try to install uh, a regime that's simpatico. Or worse, you create a vacuum. Chaos ensues. And we've seen that most recently, of course, in, in Libya and Iraq. Chaos. That seems to be the M.O. Create chaos. 
by accident, by design, not sure. But Trump says, no, we're going to put a stop to that. There'll be no more nation building. There will be no more nation building. Of course, he was immediately accused of being an isolationist. When was the last time we heard a candidate of either political stripe say that? No more nation building. Fascinating. Threatening. Dangerous. All right. That's where we're going for the next hour. That's one topic. We can discuss just about anything you want. If you want to take this in more of a a paranormal bent, we can do that too. I'm game for just about anything. Why don't we begin then with, uh, let me see, uh, Will, why don't you just whisper in my ear and tell me who we have on the line? Who do we have up first? I'm not hearing you through the talk back. Didn't get a name. Okay, just get a um, uh, a name and a location each time. Uh, but let's just dive right in and we'll take the first caller. All right, who do we have? Good evening, good morning. How are you? Who's this? Hello. Hi there, who's this? Oh, hi, this is Ron. Ron, where are you calling from, Ron? Uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hey! No extra charge. All right, <laughs> great to hear from uh, Indiana. Yeah, thank you. And your your governor, of course, Mike Pence, is the uh, the VP nominee on the Trump ticket. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Pence is a little controversial. You know, he uh, he believes in uh, in forcibly converting uh, people who happen to be gay uh, through uh, medication and and electroshock therapy and stuff. I don't know how that's going to fly, but anyway, uh, that's not why I called. I, number one, I wanted to tell you uh, how amused I was when I saw your kids come in the studio and stare over your shoulder about six months ago. I got a big kick out did of Did they that. do that? I missed that. I, that I, maybe I missed that. Did they sneak up behind me or did it, was I aware of it? Yeah, it was on YouTube. You right. Know. All right. Well, they from time to time, <clears throat> the twins uh, come in and it's kind of a, a, a fun evening for them. Yeah. Uh, when uh, their old man is on the radio, they don't really care about that. They just uh, they like to look at all the flashing buttons and uh, and, and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's well, always great. As fun. long as there's food on the table, you're covered. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, listen, I I'm sorry your first guest is gone because I wanted to ask him uh, at the end of the war, and Albert Speer uh, talked about it at length, and his story, of course, was the same as we hear everywhere that Hitler died in the bunker and all right. that. But we've all seen the picture of Joseph Goebbels and his wife uh, partially cremated because they kind of ran out of petrol at that point. Right. We've seen that picture of him lying on his back with his arms up in the air like a praying mantis, you know. And we know that that's Goebbels. It's, it's clearly identifiable. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, because he was the second highest uh, ranking Nazi at that point, uh, Goering had already been kicked out of the party and uh, expunged after trying to take over from uh, Bavaria or wherever he was. But anyway, uh, I wonder why Goebbels didn't leave with Hitler if Hitler actually escaped. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's the an interesting point. Martin Bormann, of course, who was also more or less second in command at that point, uh, disappeared, and they never found him until, I think, about... 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah, it was around 19, early 1960s. Yeah. All right, listen, um, all good questions. I'm going to have Peter Lavenda back on the program. He was just that good, and he deserves yeah. to come back. So uh, next time we'll uh, we'll put those questions to him. Thanks for checking in from Indiana, my friend. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. All right, Open Lines, back with more on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Jump on board. 
The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. And a special uh, hello again to uh, all of you catching us on the uh, the live stream on YouTube through our Hangout on Air. And uh, this is really cool. You know, you get to watch a radio program basically uh, on TV, but the TV is YouTube. It's your it's your uh, computer. And uh, Albert Vinzel, my story producer, is running our HOA. Again, if you want to join, it's re- real simple. Just go to my Twitter feed at Richard Serrett, S Y R E T. And if you go to the top of the feed, it should be right there near the top or maybe a couple of tweets down. You'll see a tweet with a, a big HOA, all capital letters, HOA. That's the link. Just click on it and you're in. And uh, the YouTube screen will open up and you'll be able to stream us live on YouTube. And uh, it's really cool. Sometimes we have guests in studio. You can see them. Or if we have a guest on the phone, often they're also participating in the Hangout on uh, on air. So you can see me, which is no great uh, no great deal, I understand. <laughs> and you can also uh, see the guests. All right. Open lines uh, for the duration. And uh, one of the things that we, we can talk about, obviously, is the, uh, the Hillary-Trump uh, uh, presidential race. And what's a race without an October surprise, right? Every uh, October there seems to be something. Well, uh, what's going to be the October surprise this year most likely will be uh, Julian Assange from WikiLeaks uh, dropping some more uh, hacked documents uh, with regards to Hillary Clinton and perhaps the Clinton Foundation. And he has hinted in interviews uh, with uh, uh, with uh, Jim Marr and uh, also... Um, with um, RT, Russia Today, that this, these documents regarding the Hillary, uh, f- the, the Clinton Foundation, uh, and documents pertaining to um, emails that relate to Benghazi, there, there should be enough in those documents to proceed to, a, to an indictment of the Democratic nominee. Now, many people thought that um, the FBI had enough, certainly had enough to indict. And, of course, that didn't happen. So who knows? I mean, that's that's how mercurial, uh, that is how unpredictable this presidential cycle is. Things could change in a 24-hour period. So look for that in October. And how is that going to affect uh, the, the polling numbers? As I mentioned earlier, the latest Ipsos Reuters poll now shows the race is narrowed to about three points. Hillary over Trump by about three points. That's within the margin of error. So we're looking at a dead heat. All right, let's go back to the phones. Dan is here in Toronto. Dan, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Thanks, Richard. Uh, just wanted to say quickly that uh, I love your show. I really appreciate the fact that uh, we've got a Canadian doing Canadian alternative uh, radio as opposed to all the propaganda stuff that you see on TV and here on radio generally. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you, quo And you don't believe in the in what they're telling us, which we most people don't, especially young people, as you know, then uh, you're you're out. Uh, you've got to toe the party line, so to speak. But anyway, uh, that was a great suggestion about talking about Hillary and uh, Donald. Um, He's really shaken up the establishment, um, and they're terrified of him winning. But uh, when you see all the propaganda, the way the CIA has fixed things, murdered people uh, all around the world. I mean, and it started, what, back in the 
40s or 50s, and they overthrew Mossadegh, etc. And if you read John Perkins' book uh, called Hoodwinked and the Confessions of an Economic Hitman, he's right. updated that book, you see all the corruption and stuff, but they're terrified of what will happen to their cushy little jobs and positions and little fiefdoms that they have. Um, but unfortunately, what happens in the U.S., and I hate to say this, but unfortunately what happens there because of the reserve currency presently anyway for a little while longer of the world, uh, they're going to maintain that. And uh, it's unfortunate. You mean they're going to maintain the status quo? Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so every decision that's made in the U.S. unfortunately impacts Everybody, and especially Canada being, you know, just to the north of, of the U.S. And, you know, you look at NAFTA and the TIP, uh, uh, TTP rather, and TTIP, uh, the CETA agreement within mm-hmm. TTIP. And, I mean, they're just, um, again, if you don't toe the line, uh, they will uh, get rid of you. But I don't believe any of the polls, Ipsos, Reid, or anybody else, uh, and that's all they are, are, are polls, but uh, they've been shown to be them, themselves to be liars, like uh, government institutions, governments uh, in the U.S. I mean, the, the, I think the biggest terrorist group in the world, basically, is the CIA and governments generally. I mean, most of all the presidents, actually, since for whatever, since over the last century, anyways, have been uh, puppets for the shadow government of the deep uh deep uh, state uh, government. So anyways, that's well, I, I think I, I think the CIA, I think the CIA, the CIA does what just about any alphabet intelligence group does. And, and what happened after the Cold War was the CIA had to sort of reinvent themselves. And I think there are factions uh, within the CIA. There are factions with the NSA, within the FBI. Uh, I think, you know, primarily uh, I think they do good work, but there are obviously rogue elements that are mercenaries. They are guns for hire. Absolutely. Uh, and what happened after the Cold War was they got hired out for corporate espionage. But this isn't this isn't simply the CIA that does this. This is the way no. alphabet organizations right. work around around the world. Um, I, but I think. I don't think necessarily that it's the CIA this monol- you know, as a monolith that is trying to preserve the status quo. I think there are moneyed interests, obviously. Oh, yeah, uh, they're controlled by the people with the big money, the moneyed families that... Uh, right, you have these, yeah, the you have these corrupt... And I agree with you quickly, just uh, I, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to say that I agree that uh, it's not everybody in the CIA that's doing this. It's just certain... Individuals, usually at the very top, that's where the majority of the corruption happens, is closer to the top. Go ahead, sorry. Right, no, no. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think we're on the same page. You have, uh, they're, they're corrupt crime families, uh, basically running the show. And, you know, we're not uh, exempt from that up here in Canada. I think we are very much Precisely. so locked into the status quo uh, up here in Canada. Uh, I mean, I. I know Trudeau is young and he's got great hair and he surfs and he he spelunks and he goes to Turfino and he's a hip happening guy and he wants to legalize pot. But when you get past all of that very superficial stuff, he is very much in the old uh, mold of politician. Um, I mean, everything that he he, uh, he 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 talks a lot, but he doesn't really say anything. 
Uh, and you'll notice he, he, they keep him out of Parliament for the most part. That's why he's off doing a lot. I know they're in summer recess. But even yeah. when Parliament is in uh, session, he's off uh, doling out money to somebody or apologizing to somebody because he really, uh, you know, he's... He's a little inept in that regard. He's not a parlamentarian. He's I not, agree with you. He, he's not, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of heft. So they, the word is, and I'm hearing this from some some liberal cons- insiders as well. Yes. That they they are deliberately keeping him away. Wow. Uh, because you know he just he's not able to cope. He's just out of his depth, and he's young, and uh, you know maybe that's not uh, uh, surprising. But I, I don't see him as, you know, he's certainly not a disruptor, uh, Trudeau. Um, so Speaking of that, by the way... I'm not seeing big change coming here either. And I would totally agree with you. Uh, just quickly, too, uh, I called in uh, a couple weeks ago regarding uh, Jordan Maxwell, and I understand that he's had a heart attack since... Uh, I oh, is that right? That suggestion. I'm sorry. To, I was really sorry to hear that, but I don't know if that's true. But that's what I heard. Uh, but, um, anyways, regarding suggestions and stuff too for future guests, uh, one would be Paul Hellyer, but also um, because he supports Rocco Galati in his constitutional challenge against the government of Canada. Because, as you said, we're not exempt from any of this. It's not like Canada is perfect either by any means. No. Well, um, Rocco has been on the show and um, Mr. Hellyer has been on the show many times. All uh, fantastic. I, I haven't heard them, but go ahead. Go back into the archives. Uh, okay. Sign up as a member on uh, the, uh, the radio page at strangeplanet.ca. Go to the radio page and then sign up. And then you can go back and just do a, a search by guest's name. And Rocco has been on the program. I brought him on Coast to Coast as well. Uh, when I host with you, that's right. That's right. And, Absolutely. Uh, and um, I think I heard that one. Yeah. Uh, Paul Hellyer was most recently on Coast with George Norrie just a few nights ago. And I uh, did hear that one. Yes, on yeah. Coast to Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Sounding uh, very, very, very sharp and lucid at the age of ninety. I believe he's ninety-three now. He just turned ninety-three this week. Mm-hmm. I think yes, this past week. Yep. So, anyway, I I thank you for your time. I I really. Sincerely appreciate the fact that uh, we can call into a program that uh, is not going to just shut the door on us or cut us off if they don't like what we're saying. And uh, we we need uh, more people like you and more programs like you have, or or either that or give you some more airtime, uh, be it through the week or weekends or whatever. But uh, I, I just I really uh, love your show and, and stuff, and really approve of what you're doing. So. Dan, I appreciate that, I, uh, your kind words, and uh, thank you so much for your call. Thank you so much, Richard. All right. G- great. Keep up the great work. Have a good night. I Four- will. Thank you. Bye-bye. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. That's uh, the number for the greater Toronto area. And out of town, 866 740 4740. Again, out of town and toll free from just about anywhere. Love to hear from uh, people who listen in on the affiliate program, or uh, um, who listen to the program through our affiliates. Keeping in mind, most of our affiliates carry the show in a, in a delay. So this program, our affiliates will hear maybe later next week. But if you happen to uh, be streaming us live, for example, on uh, on zoomerradio.ca or through the app, and you can you're picking us up in Indiana or. 
uh, our affiliates in Alaska or Kentucky would love to hear from you. Four one uh, eight seven uh, sorry eight six six seven forty four seven forty. That's the toll free one. Let's get this right. Eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Now I just had an email here uh, from uh, let's see who is this? Someone named uh, Suzanne. Uh, hello, enjoy your show. My husband suggested I write to see if you would do a conspiracy show on the death of Beatle Paul McCartney from a car crash November 9th, 1966 in the British MI5 cover-up with a lookalike Paul. Could be interesting. Thanks. Suzanne, great suggestion. And uh, maybe we will revisit that topic in November. We'll bring uh, our Gary Patterson onto the program. Uh, Gary is a good friend of mine down in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, he wrote sort of the definitive book which attempted to sort of blow that whole story out of the water. It's called The Walrus Was Paul. So, Suzanne, if you're listening, uh, go on to Amazon and check that book out. Uh, the Walrus Was Paul by R. Gary Patterson. And uh, it's a great story, if true, if, even if it's not true. I mean, the, 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 the panic that ensued, I believe it all sort of started. Now, the rumor was that McCartney died in 1966. He blew his mind out in a car. Remember, he hadn't noticed that the lights had changed from a day in the life. Was that a clue? Was that an audio clue? Perhaps. One of the great Beatles uh, songs, A Day in the Life. Perhaps the, the, uh, the surviving members, so guilt-ridden, were leaving little little clues for listeners. And, of course, uh, all of the artwork on Sgt. Pepper from 1967, uh, a lot of clues there as well. Uh, and uh, Abbey Road. Why was Paul McCartney walking across Abbey Road barefoot? Everyone else had shoes, but not Paul. Why is that? Well, when you put someone in a coffin, you don't bother putting shoes on them. Another clue, perhaps? Uh, so there's, you know, there's, there's so much grist for that mill. And it really blew wide open uh, several years later. I mean, it wasn't as if in November of 1966 people were screaming, Paul is dead. Uh, that rumor really didn't get started until, I believe, the summer of 69. Someone called into a radio station. It was either Detroit. I, I think it was Detroit, radio station in Detroit. And um, this was an all-music station. And suddenly, when this person called in, the uh, the DJ started to do essentially a talk show. He suspended playing any more music, and he was speaking to this person on the phone who had all of this information and all of these clues that Paul was dead, and that's where the whole thing got started. And then people started going back and examining all of the clues on Sergeant Pepper and um, listening to the back-masking Paul is dead, Paul is dead, and all of these things that people believed that they could hear when they were playing certain tracks backwards. It's an absolutely fascinating story. Now, um, you may be aware that on this program, or on this station here at Zuma Radio, uh, Friday, Saturday night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights before this show, I air a little feature called Strange Planet. And I actually did uh, a Strange Planet episode. These are three, four-minute vignettes of one called uh, Paul is Dead. So we'll have to dust that one off again in November and play it. But we will get our Gary Patterson on to talk about that whole mystery. Paul McCartney is dead. If he is, the guy they got to replace him is even more talented than the original Paul. i got to tell you that. <laughs> All right, back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Open lines. Jump on board. 
back with more. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back to our open lines for the entire hour. And uh, again, not something that we do all that often, but I'm trying to uh, do more of it than uh, than in the recent past, perhaps, you know, at least once a month. And here we are. All right, uh, let's see, who do we have on the line? Let's go, I don't have a name up here, Will, but let's just put that person up. Good evening, good morning, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Are they there? Hello. Hi there. Yes, I am. Who's this? Yes, I was wondering if it's possible for a prime minister to hold a dual citizenship and still be a candidate in Canada. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Is it Catherine? Yes. Okay, Catherine, where are you calling from, first of all? Good morning, New York. New York, welcome. Okay, so your question was something about a dual citizenship for a prime minister? Yes, for a prime minister, yes. Is it possible? Um, I... I believe so. I mean, I don't think there's anything in the Constitution uh, that that um, prohibits someone with a dual citizenship. Uh, in f- let me see now. I'm trying to think if there's an example um, of someone who's had dual citizenship. Hmm. Now, Ignatiev, the uh, the former liberal leader, certainly worked a great deal in the United States. He was a Harvard professor, but did he have dual citizenship? I'm not, I'll have to look that up. Albert, can you do me a favor? Find out if Michael Ignatiev, who was uh, the liberal leader uh, before Trudeau, whether he had dual citizenship. I think Trudeau is doing a pretty good job as far as I hear between the Canada. You think he's doing a pretty good job? All well, the time. You're 748. So, um, I think he's handling himself pretty good. He's okay. handling himself well. He's he's certainly young and photogenic, and the foreign press uh, seems to like him a lot. And um, you know, we see lots of photos of him uh, surfing and and um, uh, spelunking in caves and uh, dancing and all of these things. Um, I just wish he would spend maybe a little bit more time actually running the country. <laughs> He's, you know what, uh, if it were any other time in our history, you know, if this were, if everything was going along tickety-boo, the economy was humming on all eight cylinders, if, you know, we had full employment, um, if we weren't facing, you know, a threat of, of, of uh, you know, an existential threat of terror, uh, then I'd cut him some slack. But these are very trying times, and it's, you know, there's no time for someone to learn on the job. Um, and I just, Correct. I do not see him demonstrating a lot of activity. Um, you know, I don't see him rolling up his sleeves and, uh, well, you know, time will tell. But we will see over the next couple of years, there are certain important things that voters look for. They're going to see whether the property values on their house, are they going to go up or are they going to go down? Um, their after taxes um, household income is it going to continue to stagnate or is it going to go up? Um, you know, GDP. You know what's going to happen with that? I don't. I, I don't know. I, I think the honeymoon will will be over in a year because I do not think uh, we're going to see an uptick in any of the, the these indicators. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I think your economy is a lot better than over here in the U.S. because uh, 
housing is a lot cheaper in some spots. Uh, housing cheaper in Canada? Well, it depends. I mean, if you live in Toronto, the uh, the average house, uh, unless you've got a million dollars to throw around, you're not going to have a single a single family dwelling, a house rather in in the city. Vancouver, uh, what is it now? Three four million dollars for an average house. If you want to buy in in um, Wetaskiwin uh, or some remote place. Oh, this just in from Albert. Uh, okay, these individuals all had dual citizenship. Michael Ignatieff, I was right about that. Oh, Tom Mulcair, that's right. Tom Mulcair does have dual citizenship, and Stefan Dion all had dual citizenship. Now, n- none of them were prime ministers, but they, they were in a position they could have been a prime minister. Thank you for that, Albert. So I hope that answers your question, uh, uh, Catherine. Yes, we, we've had three federal leaders with dual citizenship, but none of them became prime minister. Oh, that's close. I believe it's still freely common law, as they used to. Right. You're asking me about the economy in the United States. Well, it's pretty dire in the U.S. You have, uh, what is it now, one in every eight people is on some sort of social assistance in the United States. Now, keeping in mind, many of them are veterans and seniors and so forth. Uh, right. But you've got, you have... One in five households in the United States where nobody, nobody is employed. Uh, the, the, um, you have something like 95 million Americans who could be, who are of working age are not working. Uh, and we hear, you know, the unemployment rate somewhere around, I don't know, five, six percent. I just think that's a bunch of malarkey. I think the unemployment rate in the United States, the real unemployment rate, is closer to 20 percent. 20 percent! Now... You know, it's pretty scary to think what Hillary's going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Well, whoever finds themselves the next resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue uh, has got a lot of work to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, just monumental problems. Uh, the infrastructure deficit is huge, of course, uh, but unemployment is just... Unbelievable. The, the number of African Americans now that have fallen into poverty uh, uh, over the last eight years, it's another 20%. Right. Uh, another 2 million uh, Hispanics now have fallen below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. In some in some jurisdictions, it's like the economy is in free fall. It's just it's abysmal, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, here in Canada, well, we are um, we are still. Uh, hewers of wood and drawers of water. Uh, nothing has changed in the 400-year history of this uh, country. Well, we've only been a country for 150, but uh, we're still a resource-based economy. So we're, uh, we're, we're taking it on the chin when it comes to uh, the price of oil and so forth. Uh, having said all that, yeah, I think things economically at least are a little bit more stable right now. Uh, but... Um, the aforementioned Justin Trudeau just added an, about another $30 billion to our debt. So my grandchildren will be paying that off. So they'll have yeah, us to thank for that. What happens, I mean, All right. Got to run, Catherine. Thank you. Thank for, thanks for checking in from uh, New York State. All you. the best. I'll join you when you talk about Paul McCartney. Thank Excellent. You. We'll do that. Have a good night. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Jump on board. Open lines. Big Brother is listening. 
And so are you. To The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right. Lots of uh, logs on the fire in terms of uh, potential uh, topics here during our open line segment. And uh, we've got about 15 minutes left in the program. Plenty of time for you to jump on board if you want to talk about the U.S. presidential race, Trump versus Hillary. Now, here's something interesting. When Julian Assange was being interviewed by um, Jim Maher, anyway, he asked Assange, you know, because Assange uh, and WikiLeaks hacked into the National Democratic Committee's emails, and that's how Wasserman Schultz, who was head of the DNC, was sort of um, exposed and had to resign because it was clearly shown in the emails that Wasserman Schultz and Clinton had uh, conspired, essentially, to uh, to to, to uh, destroy Bernie Sanders, <laughs> and they did a pretty good job. Um, then it came to light that Assange and WikiLeaks were thinking of, or are considering, or are going to actually leak some more documents from the Democrats, and specifically of Hillary Clinton. Now, somebody asked Assange, well, are you going to try and hack into and leak Donald Trump's tax returns? Because he hasn't released them yet. And uh, some think that there's some smoking gun in there that's going to uh, totally derail uh, Trump. Now, he has released a lot of his financial documents. He hasn't released his current uh, tax uh, returns, and he says he can't because he's currently under a routine audit. And Assange kind of joked, oh yeah, sure, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. We're gonna hack in, uh, to, um, the IRS and release Trump's tax documents. Well, he, he later said that he was just joking. But what Assange is going to drop are documents pertaining to the Clinton Foundation. And also further, supposedly further emails which will, he says, provide enough information to indict Hillary Clinton. That's the October surprise. That should be interesting when that comes down the pipe. Um, but here's the, uh, another interesting thing that I'd like to see. Again, everyone's talking about why doesn't Donald Trump release his tax returns? Well, his lawyers and his accountants said, well, you can't. It's not a good idea while you're being audited. Wait for the audit to be done. Now, others were under audit. Richard Nixon, he was under audit and he released his. Well, that's that's the advice Richard Nixon got. Trump is getting other advice. But why doesn't someone ask for Hillary Clinton to release her health records? If you're going to be president, if you're going to be commander-in-chief, you have to go through a fairly rigorous um, health exam, medical exam. Now, we, we know that Hillary had a nasty fall a couple of years ago. She was concussed. She suffered a concussion. Now I'm seeing... Almost a weekly event, she seems to have a coughing fit, which apparently is uh, related to the anti-blood uh, clotting medication that she's taken, and she's, she continues to take as a result of that nasty fall. So there was a recent uh, uh, video. I'm not sure what event Hillary was at, but she was being she was surrounded by uh, reporters. Several reporters were asking her, sort of speaking to her at once, and at least in slow motion, it looked like she was having some sort of a seizure. You've probably seen the video. It's everywhere. Now, when I looked at that in slow motion, I mean, her eyes were rolling around in her head. She was sort of twitching. It did look like a seizure. 
It looked all for all the world like a seizure. Now, when I have, and then you see from the reverse angle, you see the reaction of the reporters. Have you seen this, Albert? Have you seen that video? What do you think? Was she having a seizure? I've put you on the spot, Albert, but. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this before. Uh, looks like she has a lot of health problems. That That's uh, true. And then uh, the other big story is the Clinton body count, like other uh, people just dropping dead who are like her enemies. <laughs> yeah, I want to get to that as well if we have time because it's, it's up around like 70 or 80 people. Oh, yeah. Recent ones, too, like five five new ones. Well, there was John Ash, who was the former U.N. Of, uh, official, uh, who was supposed to be testifying, and it's unclear whether that trial had anything to do with the Clintons, but it was kind of at least you know one step removed anyway, at, at the very most. Uh, and he supposedly um, expired after a uh, he was working out, and the uh, he was working out with weights, and the dumbbell or the barbell supposedly fell and crushed his throat. Eh, it could happen. It could happen. Uh, but the uh, the number of Dead bodies piling up, who are somehow connected to the uh, the Clintons. It's it's pretty astounding when you go through them. And I'm not just talking about Vince Foster, and the most recent one, John Ash. And there was another. Um, I think there was a he was an intern working in the Clinton campaign, who was just he was found dead in his room as well. And then there was the um, the the attorney who filed the class action suit. He 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 served the papers at the uh, DNC headquarters. Walked into the building, was on camera, served the uh, the National Democratic uh, Committee headquarters with a class action suit on behalf of Bernie Sanders supporters and sponsors. This was before the um, the email leak, showing how Wasserman Schultz and Clinton and others had 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 conspired uh, to derail Bernie Sanders. Uh, and then he just he just turned up dead mysteriously. So yes, there is that interesting uh, body count. Uh, but back to the health thing. Now I mentioned the the video where uh, Hillary is. Uh, she looks for all the world like she's having a seizure. She looks like she's totally out of it. And uh, but then when you run it in full speed, I was just looking at it again tonight. I'm not so sure now that that's evidence of, of someone having a seizure. Uh, it actually looks for all the world like she's kind of joking around because these two. Uh, there were two female reporters, and they were both asking her a question at the same time. And she was sort of, it, it looks to me now, like she was feigning that she was, you know, being thrown by the fact that there were two people speaking to her at the same time. Uh, because, you know, she kind of rolled her head around and her eyes kind of rolled around, but then immediately she shot back a question to them, some, something that had nothing to do with anything. But she was, uh, it was clear to me after watching that clip that she had, that she was lucid and... Um, she did not look like someone who had just suffered a seizure. Having said that, there are the coughing fits. Uh, there are those thick glasses that she's been seen wearing from time to time. Again, we're told that this is um, uh, common with people that have had a, 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 a concussion. Then you noticed, uh, you've seen these pictures as well. Close-ups inside of, they're actually, you know, extreme close-ups of Hillary's tongue while she's delivering her acceptance speech at the convention. And again, you look like it, there's a chunk being taken out of her tongue. It almost looks like she's had something biopsied. She look she looks like she's had her tongue biopsied. And then, if that's not enough, um, more and more reports how she is being shielded from photographers whenever she's called upon to climb steps. 
In fact, there have been a few photo, uh, photos released of her obviously taken in a stealthful manner in which it's clear she's being helped up and downstairs. And we've heard from a number of reporters who say they are not allowed to video or, or, or photograph Hillary getting on or off an airplane. Apparently, she's having difficulty negotiating stairs. So I'd like to see her health records released. Yes, we'd like to see Trump's, uh, his tax documents, but I want to see her health records. I think she's in, I think she's in failing health. And I think she's deteriorating rapidly. That's what I think. All right, who do we have on the line there, young Will? Andrew is calling from Denver. Andrew, good evening, good morning. Welcome to Co- or welcome to the Conspiracy Show Coast. That's the other program I do. <laughs> Good evening, Richard, sir. Hello, Andrew. Uh, I wanted to say thank you very much for doing your podcast. I keep listening to your Flat Earth interview from a couple of months ago. Oh, yes. The Flat Earth. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. What an interesting that one. topic. Yeah, it is. It's kind of, it's, it's really kind of out there. Uh, you know what? I take on all comers on the program. We can do any, you know, I'm willing to talk about anything, but I, I'll, you know, truth be told, Andrew, that one stretches my credulity to the, to the outmost limits. <laughs> oh, yes. But, you know, I, I sure enjoy the odyssey you take me on. Um, I want to make a quick comment about, uh, Hillary's health issues. It, it could all be explained by one thing. Um, it, maybe she's a reptilian <laughs> alien and, uh, a reptilian. you know, she's having these issues. That's right. She, uh, our atmosphere doesn't agree with her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the tongue and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, why I mean, not? let's want... start that rumor. Let's start that rumor. You heard it. We're going to start it right now and right here. Well, um, <laughs> uh, she might as well be from another planet. Uh, I mean, f- she just has, you know, no, um, no sense of, you know, I think the common man. I think, you know, for the last 30 plus years, well, going back to the governor's mansion, I mean, she has just been, you know, coddled. And we hear this from, from people around her, whether it's Gary Byrne, the, um, former Secret Service officer that, uh, attended to her. She, um, she is so addicted to the lifestyle of being in power, not even, never mind flying first class, you know, flying in, in private jets and, uh, and expense accounts and so forth, uh, that she's gotten to the point where she seems totally divorced from reality. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, that's common with a lot of people in her position, but I think she, uh, really does soak it in. All right. Well, we will, uh, We'll continue to well, talk about One last about the, thing. Uh, have yes. you heard about the uh, domestic violence that uh, Hillary supposedly beats up on Bill? Well, this that surfaced in Gary Burns' book, uh, Crisis of Character. He was the Secret Service agent I talked about. Yeah, okay, apparently she threw a, uh, was it a, a lamp? It was a um, after she found out about one of his uh, dalliances, <laughs> which are too numerous to mention. Apparently she blackened his eye. And uh, she's known for flying off the uh, off the handle. She was part of what they called the Bimbo Eruption Team. James Carville um, mentioned this, and um, Hillary was put in charge. Whenever someone came forward and said, you know, that she had been involved with Bill, and we're not just talking about extramarital affairs, we're also talking about uh, more heavy-handed stuff. You know, groping sexual assault, it was up to Hillary to extinguish that fire by any means necessary. 
uh, you know, harassing, hounding, sticking the IRS on these people. So that's another odious chapter, and we can talk about that at some point as well. That's it for us. We are done. Thanks for your call, Andrew Albert. Thank you. Young Will Power back, back next week with a brand new program. Original Rendlesham Forest UFO whistleblower Larry Warren, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and Michael Tamez, Alternative Health, will all be part and parcel of the program. Make sure you're here. Make it a date. Good night.